The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. There is a disillusionment. I think that this is where the self-help community fails quite a bit this constant focus on positivity and this toxic positivity we're supposed to be happy all the time we're supposed to feel good all the time and that if we don't that there's something wrong with us and then we have this endless social comparison with us and the outside world that looks at other people as they're happy or as they're pretending to be and we feel a sense of lack and from that perspective gratitude is a muscle we are not trained for abundance and this world has conditioned us into competition and expectations of lack and scarcity realizing that the only reframing you have to do is not about making differences in your material world that you think will make you happy but in reframing your ability for openness to realize that you are already abundant and you already have been you are already love and you already always have been. It is not about becoming anything, it is about stripping back to the root of who you truly are. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then then what do you have? You have an act, right? Instead of a life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana, and this is episode 30. If you are new here, Figuring Shit Out is a collective undertaking all around self-help, coming of age, and finding and healing yourself in a world of flux. It is meant to help you deepen and expand the most important relationship you'll ever have, that with yourself. This episode is going to be all around gratitude. Gratitude as a muscle, reframing the way that we think about gratitude as it has become sort of a very well talked about concept in the land of self-help but not necessarily one that has really been easy to integrate into all of our lives in a way that is most helpful and useful for us to live lives that we are connected to and proud of. It is really the key to everything that you think that you want, and that is the key word there, think, that you want. If you are a frequent listener of Figuring Shit Out, please rate the podcast on whatever preferred platform you are listening on if you haven't already. And if you like this episode, please let me know your thoughts on it, or feel free to reach out to me on any of my socials linked down below for your thoughts on it or what you'd like to hear next, or your thoughts on the show, or just to say hi. And if you are new here and this is your first episode, please let me know your thoughts on your first impression of Figuring Shit Out and the invitation to reach out to me is also open to you. 
I don't respond right away, but I do respond eventually. I love interacting with all of you. I love hearing your words. I love hearing your hot takes. I love hearing all that you have to say about figuring shit out. It makes me more present with the show and it makes the show better and better every time. I know many of my listeners aren't based in the United States, but for those of us that are, gratitude and the concept of giving thanks is really heavily on our minds this time of year. It feels like it's kind of shoved down our throats in a weirdly consumerist way where on Thanksgiving we sent around a table of people that we are family with, friends with, come together and feast upon Thanksgiving foods which are really specific to Thanksgiving And then the next day there's Black Friday where everyone buys more things that they want and takes advantage of the deals that come alive on Black Friday. And so I think that gratitude is something that has truly been boiled down in the self-help community, but in the community of the world, honestly, when it comes to gratitude, we often think about, okay, giving thanks for this, saying thank you, and expressing a sense of gratitude that almost feels obligatory rather than truly embodying the state of gratitude and remembering what it can really bring to us, which is the abundance mindset that we are all kind of looking to get or to obtain in order to unlock the lives that we want and live in the fullness that we want. But it seems like that endless searching and that endless scouring for more, more, more is always abundantly on our minds, even as we try to shift to an abundance mindset. And it's so counterintuitive. This episode I have sat with in the last few days because I actually had a pre-Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, at my sister's last week. I mentioned it in my last episode, and the spirit of gratitude has been on my mind recently as I've been really surveying my own limiting beliefs and where I feel a lack of abundance in my world around me and really being honest and real with myself around the feelings that I have towards certain things in my life and what is truly holding me back, the narratives that are holding me back, which will be filtered into figuring shit out as I come to learn more and more. But I did quite a bit of research on the positive psychology of gratitude, what the actual psychological research has shown, how gratitude has various impacts on our physical and physiological well-being, what it actually does to our bodies. And I'm not going to get too deep into that. I don't, you know, come on here and pretend to be a neuroscientist, but I'm going to have some podcasts and links down below on some things that really helped me to frame this episode in a way that allows me to speak to it in my own voice. One of those was Andrew Huberman's The Science of Gratitude, where he really, really gets into the neuroscience of gratitude on the body. And he actually recommends a gratitude practice that isn't well known or common, which I will talk about later as it kind of ties into my own conceptualization of gratitude. I also think that this is a really relevant episode for figuring shit out, not just as the US Thanksgiving happens, which Thanksgiving has become this holiday in America where 
everyone gathers together and eats food. It's more of a low-pressure holiday than Christmas is. It's less consumerized, like, right after Halloween. It seems like there is Christmas propaganda everywhere. Not that Christmas isn't great, but, you know, just, like, massive consumerist Christmas trees and decorations and ornaments and Santa Claus this and that and all of the things like we tend to skip right over Thanksgiving when it comes to celebration and I think that's really interesting I think you know partly it may be because the history of it is not really tied to how we look at it today I think most people look at Thanksgiving just as a time to eat a lot of food and go into a food coma while you're around all of your family members or you get together with people and just a time to really be with people who you don't really spend a lot of time with every day or spend more meaningful time with the people around you and that's really what I look at Thanksgiving as as well. This year I'm really feeling a different element around it as I consider the nature of gratitude in alignment with this holiday but honestly just in alignment with my life and so before I really get into the episode and really get into my thoughts on gratitude and why gratitude is truly a muscle to exercise and how it will impact your life more fully and how it is the key to everything that you think that you want. That is the key, think, and I'll talk about that later. I want to read something that I wrote, which wasn't initially for this episode, but I think that it really aligns well with everything I want to talk about today. Centering around this endless need that we have for more, 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 and how we feel so attached to ideas of material success and attached to objects of material satisfaction. If you're new here or you don't know, I have been a writer for my whole life. It's been my main mode of communication since I was very young and a podcast was never really on my list of things that I dreamed about doing, but writing always was. And so in as many episodes as it feels right, I like to align my creative writing and my desire to express in words on paper into this podcast as sort of a pillar point for framing these episodes. When I write, I really feel deeply connected to my most authentic self. I feel I can write things that I could never say. I feel that when I write, and I don't just mean journal, I mean really sit down to write, There is a mode in me that just opens up where everything flows a bit more naturally and I haven't actually written in quite a while and I think coming back to the root of it and really being able to create something just from the tips of your fingers is really special and I'm really grateful in the nature of today's episode to have written something that I feel aligns with this and to be able to share it with you. This is called the fallacy of immaterial fulfillment. There is an endless array of content and production around how to become someone or something, how to become richer, smarter, more attractive, greater than you already are, how to be this, how to be that, how this person became who they are, why you should wake up at 5 a.m., why you shouldn't, Why this, why that, how-tos and guides that make us feel simplicity 
is a far-reaching concept that living a good life can be boiled down to a formulaic archetype of mindset and material. An idea sold to us that our purpose in this life is to achieve our dreams, our ideals, that the earthly satisfaction that achieving them will give to us will fill the well in our hearts that we all have seemed to be born with. We scavenge the corners of the world to find the matter to fill our soul up with unspirited definitions of purpose. But what if our purpose is not to achieve some wildly expansive dream life where we break away from the bonds of the matrix and create an environment of worldly celebration, but that the matter we look for, after all, is immaterial? What if our purpose is simply to strip back to the root of every moment, to the root of who we are, and find that in all moments of joy there is an intangible but very real feeling of love? That which is immaterial, making all that is material come to life. What if our purpose is not to become, but to be, and through being we will inevitably become? It's not a far-reaching concept or an idea that I created, but as I dream about the life I see for myself in a future near or far, I can be anything or anyone. I can live on a mountain off-grid and frolic through the forests. I can live in a beautiful home and have a farm and write books and have a brownstone on the Upper West Side all at the same time. I could be a backpacker traveling to learn stories and tell them in new ways. I can see myself living many lives, living many dreams. They're all very different, but they're all very much the same, too. I've had trouble pinning down the definitiveness of my dreams because it feels to me that the details hardly matter. It is always the feeling, the feeling of peace, ease, love, freedom, creative expansion, and flow. But do I not have that now? Am I not abundant with opportunities to feel what I imagine myself to feel in an elemental world of material differences? It seems in every book or guide or how-to that complicates the simplicity of it all that there is an underlying basis of shifting our mindset to the abundance and light from the survival state of lack and suffering that so many of us are in. But the shift will not happen by following steps or writing lists, attempting to emulate a wheel that has been created and recreated time and time again. The shift happens in deep presence where you realize all that you have now is all that you need. And somewhere in time, it was all that you wanted. We all seem to live in forgetfulness of the looming promise of life's impermanence, yet at the end of the well we wish to fill in our hearts is a sense of timeless urgency. Are we running out of time? Should we be somewhere else at this stage in our lives? What's left to do? What's next to accomplish? An urgency that we humanly attempt to fill with more material things and more material dreams of material things. And suddenly, you're sitting around the dinner table at Thanksgiving, and your loved ones are alive with beating hearts next to you, but you cannot be still enough to be present. Your mind is centered upon escape, thinking that what you want is found in another moment outside of this one, and that the feeling you wish to feel lives in a far-off land with bigness and greatness, or ideas of bigness and greatness. 
Is the most big and beautiful and great thing not that you are a simple creature who simply wants to feel love and receive blessings of kindness from other creatures just like you and from the great, big, enigmatic divinity above? Is it not the most big, beautiful, and great thing that you have an endless capacity for love and kindness and empathy and that you have the power and ability to leave people feeling better than you found them? and that you can extend that same grace to yourself as well. Is that not the most big and beautiful and great thing of it all? Because without that, what is left? The material, the ephemeral accomplishments and accolades and momentous moments which will fade to dust, that which is embodied with the looming promise of life's impermanence. But what do we know more closely that isn't impermanent? Seems like everything is. Everything but love. It sounds silly, but I can still feel the love of my grandmother eight months after her passing. I can still hear her voice call me honey and feel the squeeze of her hand. I have a lifetime of love in my heart from a lifetime spent with her, even after her lifetime has left her. We love that which is no longer here. We love that which we hold fondly in memory. We love that which we have yet to know but yearn to experience. We love versions of ourselves we've outgrown. We love versions of ourselves we feel we may grow into. Love transpires time and space, but when it is held in the present time and space, like at holiday dinners and rising occasions, it is our responsibility as the simple creatures that we are to hold it with wholeness, with fullness. It is not a mindset shift and it is not a how-to. It is not a guide or a book or a blog post. We've made the nagging habit of making sense out of everything. We think that our research and our study and our abstract analysis makes us bigger, greater, brighter, while it just moves us farther away from our greatest power, the presence to feel. What if it is far more simple than we make it? What if our purpose is not to grow into becoming, but to strip back into simply being? That the closer we get to that which lives beyond worlds and space and time, the closer we feel to this world, these people, this life. Why else are you here? There is no becoming. There's only realizing that which you already are and that which you have always been that which exists beyond measure and beyond material. To realize that you are not here to buy into the fallacy of immaterial fulfillment, but to live in a state of grace for all of the spaces you are able to fill and all that is fulfilled by your big, great presence. So that is something that I wrote a little bit before this episode. Um, I wrote it in one sitting, just... 25 minutes, I find that writing really helps me get into a measured creative state where I'm able to flow, but it is from a place of stillness, and I think that that's what it brought me to. Um, I'm going to link a podcast recommendation down below. It is not my podcast. It's actually one called The Good Life Project by Jonathan Fields. I've been listening to it before I had a podcast. And my intro, the woman who says, if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then you don't have a life. You have an act. 
Um, and that's actually, you know, the figuring shit out tagline, if you've been here for a minute, um, is from this episode of The Good Life Project, which is a episode all about gratitude. And it is a partially combined episode with some conversations he had with a couple different people. And one of them is Anne Lamott, who is the woman who says that. And that episode has spoken to me time and time again. I go back to it time and time again, and I listen to her part specifically. He also speaks to Janice Kaplan, who had done a lot of research in the field of psychology around gratitude and who had actual research findings, which is also very interesting. But I'm far more drawn to Anne Lamott because she is a writer and author and really has had this fullness of experience when it comes to what life is. And she says something in that episode, which I really highly, highly recommend it. It has brought so much peace to my heart. She says that if you cannot hold two paradoxical truths of this life, that one, life is beautiful and amazing and that there is love all around you all the time and opportunities for love all around you all the time. And that two, life is also very short, that we are all going to die and that there will always be suffering and war and injustice. She says that if you cannot hold those two truths, those two very paradoxical paradigms, then you are going to be stuck in a constant back and forth between feeling grateful and feeling guilty for feeling grateful, feeling abundant and feeling a sense of lack and suffering. And that if you are you know, truly unable to take those paradoxes of life and understand the deep duality in them, then you will be essentially cut off from your oneness with everything that is. She doesn't say it in those words verbatim, but that's essentially what I got from it. And I've held that so closely to me because so much of what she talks about when she talks about gratitude is the fact that many people wait until they get ill before they get real. Many people wait until they get diagnosed with a terminal illness to really look at their lives and start seeing the beauty in them, start seeing what they can see at all times. And that's because of the looming impermanence of life, which I referenced in what I wrote, and how forgetful we are of that. And it's not about holding the fact that we're all going to die at the forefront of our mind in a fear-based way. It's a lot more of realizing that there is a gift in life and that if you are lucky enough to be alive, to be well, to be breathing, then you are competent enough to recognize that, acknowledge it and express it. And I think that it is really hard to be grateful now more than ever for a few reasons. And one of them is the fact that gratitude is this blanket statement. And there are so many things within the self-help community that are very jargon heavy, or they are distilled down to concepts that people tend to understand intellectually, but really fail to implement into their lives and integrate into their lives. It's like being in school and essentially taking notes, right? 
writing everything down and trying to memorize it all, but not actually holding it in your long-term memory through the practicing of it and through the integration of it into your life. You can see something and say, yes, I see that that is true, but it is another thing to feel that it is true. And the dissonance between what we know we should be grateful for and actually feeling the gratitude is the same thing. It's the knowing, the intellectual understanding of it, the analytical understanding of it, the abstracts, the concepts, the things that I'm doing on this show every week, right? Talking about it. And then there's actually integrating it and feeling it. And my goal with figuring shit out and with this podcast is to really leave you with a sense of deep presence with the topics that I'm talking about a sense of meditation upon them, not to get your thoughts going and to get your head winding, but really to allow whatever I say to make you feel something and for you to realize that you felt it, hold on to that feeling and integrate it more fully into your life. And so what I've really tried to do is make these episodes something that you feel actionably empowered to go back into your life and sit with for the next week, for the next two weeks, for the next few months, and take a deep dive into where you can learn to be more empowered and where you can be empowered. It is always, always about seeing that which is right in front of you, but not just seeing it, right? Not just talking about it, but actually feeling it being at one with it. And I think that that is the second reason why we find it harder to feel gratitude in our lives and to implement gratitude in our lives is because of this inherent separation, which I've talked about a lot in figuring shit out, that we tend to look at others' accomplishments and others' success or momentous moments as evidence for our lack of success, our lack of accomplishment, our lack of momentous moment. And on the Huberman Labs podcast on the science of gratitude, he talks about how gratitude fits into a category of what we call pro-social emotions. These are emotions that orient us towards the welfare of other people. And it creates this bond this sense of connection with another person or another creature or something or someone who we are poised to cooperate with. And so when Huberman talks about the implementation of gratitude into your life, he says that a gratitude journal is nice. It's great to write things that you're grateful for and to attempt to feel them as you write them. But the problem with a gratitude journal being part of your gratitude practice or the only thing in your gratitude practice is that gratitude is most impactful when it is fully and sincerely felt. And a lot of times, I think a lot of us do this, we remember that we should be grateful or we remember that we haven't been very grateful and so we feel a sense of guilt around that lack of gratitude and we start to really try to quickly implement it into our lives and so we start to make gratitude lists or we start to create a gratitude journal and we every single morning are thinking about things that we're grateful for but we're not actually feeling it and we're not actually sincerely expressing this gratitude and 
fully embodying it. And I think that I've fallen culprit to that quite honestly, because I have had a gratitude practice for consistently the last month or so where I'm consistently every day waking up and connecting to myself, the divinity that is around me and really expressing a sense of gratitude. But I do find myself writing a lot more than I am feeling. And I find myself making bulleted lists of things that, yes, make me very happy, but am I actually feeling and embodying this gratitude right here, right now? Or am I creating a sense of mild happiness in the moment that checks something off of a list? I'm not really sure, but what Huberman suggested really got my wheels turning because he talks about how receiving gratitude, so when someone actually thanks you for something, shifts your brain in a much more powerful way. It actually changes your body's neural circuitry more potently than any list that you can create because when you create gratitude in your neurochemistry, the circuits light up especially when we hear stories about people receiving help in times of need or when we are given gratitude by someone else, therefore receiving gratitude from someone else. And he references this study where there were people in a lab and there were heartbeats set up to echocardiograms to track the rate of their heartbeats and the heartbeats of people listening to stories of other people receiving gratitude were synchronized. So even when the listeners were listening from different places at different times, their heartbeats were in the same rhythm. And that is so poetic to me and so beautiful and also so connected to this idea of oneness because have you ever felt like true, true happiness for another person? They get a job or they get married and don't even get me started on the getting married thing. I think I have been to three weddings and two of them were for people that I really wasn't close to. And the full feeling of love and just complete energy of emotion welling up in my heart every time to watch total strangers I don't know celebrate their love and watch all of these people come around them and celebrate their love for them that feeling of happiness for another person is so beautiful and so special. And when you're able to feel it, you are connecting to this energy of oneness. You are noticing that there is a lack of separation between you and other people and that people coming together to celebrate something like love in the name of marriage is such a beautiful and connected experience because it is something that we all understand we all can share even if you don't believe in marriage and even if you don't believe in the concept of marriage so when we notice that other people are being helped in times of need or have come from a state of sadness to a state of happiness to a state of needing help to receiving help it releases serotonin in our brain shifting us away from the fear and the worry and realizing that there is true goodness in the world that we can see, that we can observe, and that we can feel connected to and that a narrative or a story that we tell is really, really powerful for being able to stimulate gratitude in our hearts and our bodies and our being. 
And so I haven't tried this yet. I just listened to this podcast yesterday. I finished it today. It's about an hour long. It might be over an hour. So I'm going to try it and I encourage you to join me and we'll talk about how the impacts of it have been noticeable or not noticeable. For me, a gratitude practice has always been a meditation, a real deep connection with something in my life that I feel extremely grateful for, making gratitude lists and gratitude journaling and expressing a sense of gratitude, but it makes so much sense to me why this may not actually be impactful, because if you are not truly feeling it, if you are at all having an insincere form of gratitude just for the sake of getting it done, even though you know you're grateful, you should be grateful, but you're not fully feeling it, then it's likely not going to be able to really have that impact on your brain, on your body, and on your spirit. Whereas if you're hearing about a story of someone who received gratitude you're hearing a story about someone who was in a time of need and got some help or you're hearing about someone who had a really beautiful, beautiful ending to something that was at first really challenging. You follow that sense of empathy and you are able to see the light shed on that person and you're able to feel this real genuine sense of connection to something beautiful, something outside of yourself. And Gratitude is the prism through which we view life in terms of gifts, in terms of givers, in terms of goodness, in terms of grace. It's almost otherworldly in a sense. It almost makes us feel really connected to something outside of ourselves that brings us into a state of grace, a state of light, and a state of thank you in its most simplest, simplest form. And how often a day do you say thank you to the waiter that serves you your water or the cashier when you check out to get your coffee or to people who may have done a good deed to you but say it in passing and you don't actually express it and you're not actually feeling it as you say it. We say it in a way that has become really watered down and meaningless and I think that that is what this episode really is all about is restoring the meaning into the gratitude that we can feel on a daily basis and that we do feel at all times but we are not necessarily connected to it and so Huberman suggests because our brain is more geared to really lighting up around gratitude when we hear stories about people receiving help or we think about ourselves receiving gratitude, which may seem selfish, right? To think about gratitude in terms of perhaps how you felt when someone deeply expressed gratitude for something that you did. But it is really, as science suggests, a pro-social mechanism of connection. And it is really there to strengthen our connection with the world around us and the people around us. And that is one of the biggest markers of happiness is our states of relationship with the people in our lives and with the love we feel on a daily basis. You can have the most productive and wonderful day completing tasks and meeting deadlines, but if you didn't laugh with another person or if you didn't share a moment with yourself or if you didn't talk to a friend or say I love you to a family member, it becomes an unfulfilled well that 
I was referencing earlier, you know, you always want to be into the next place. You think that that is where your happiness lies, but it's not. And so the long-awaited Huberman protocol for practicing gratitude, as he mentions in his podcast, is grounded in a story that has resonance for you. And there's no need to recite this story and have it in verbatim of storytelling, but it has to have meaning for you to be able to relate to the feeling of gratitude. So it must be about you receiving gratitude, so someone saying thank you, to you and really expressing a sense of gratitude for you or someone that you have observed expressing genuinely given gratitude to another person, to another thing, to another object. And so this could be anything. And I'm actually going to use an example for this so that it contextualizes it a bit more. The second that I heard him say this, I thought about my mom, who I'm sure is listening as she always is. Because my mom has struggled her whole life with, you know, means of financial stability. And she got to a place a few years ago where she was really doing well and grounded in a state of ease. And she was living in Florida and working on the beach and lived very close to the beach and just really in a stable sense of life. And then there was a hurricane that hit my hometown of Fort Myers, Florida, and it knocked out her place of work. It knocked out her job. It knocked out her house and she lost everything and had very little to fall back on. And My mom has since moved to West Virginia, which is something that, you know, she really didn't want to do, but it ended up being really great for her because she's now surrounded by family and people and she's come into a state of being able to gather herself back up after this really tumultuous time where she had gathered herself back up and then lost everything and I feel a deep sense of gratitude by observing her. I feel the gratitude that she must feel for being able to come from the darkness of one place into the light of another, for realizing why she ended up where she was, and for all the connection that has come from it since, and her now closer relationship to her family, and for more stability than she had before, more than she has ever had before. That's immediately where my mind went when I thought of observing someone else in gratitude, because I deeply feel an empathetic sense of understanding the struggle of struggle and the feeling that you have sometimes when you watch someone go from a place that they don't know how they're going to get out of to rising above it and how beautiful it is to see that especially when it is someone that you love and someone that you know deserves true happiness and true abundance and so I'm going to take that story as the example for this protocol right you then choose three key points of the story that light up that feeling of gratitude or your story code words. The important point is that a story of a genuine exchange of thanks is embedded in memory. The key points should include the situation before the expression of gratitude, the feelings after receiving the sincere gratitude, and any other elements that add emotional content to the story. So the situation before the expression of gratitude was one of, I imagine, to be brokenness and sadness and confusion and the feelings after receiving the sincere gratitude of stability and 
more abundance and connection with the world around her and being in a place that she didn't even know she wanted to be in but now is much more happy in. And a lot of this is speculation, right? I think I have seen this sort of happen in the last year and a half and I've observed what I think must be happening um, aside from, you know, my mom expressing gratitude in certain elements or areas. It's just a deep empathetic feeling of I understand how much these things must mean to her. But then the third thing, any other elements that add emotional content to the story is really simply all of the things that I had said before. The next instruction is to recall these points. So the three points before the gratitude, the feelings after receiving gratitude, and any other elements that add that emotional content to the story to cue the nervous system to drop into the gratitude groove. And then you spend about one to five minutes experiencing that gratitude. So this is gratitude for another person, right? This is not gratitude for something that you received. And this is not, in my example at least, someone expressing gratitude to me. But you could take this in any other way, shape, or form. And you can even change it as you see fit to be something that really you come back to and you start to notice where other people are receiving that sense of gratitude and where you are being expressed gratitude for in your life and how special it is to be able to witness it whether it be directed towards someone else and you are apart from that story or whether someone else expresses it to you if you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby then rosetta stone is for you rosetta stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone rosetta stone teaches through immersion instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals reading stories and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership, so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I think it's really interesting that we move away, and Huberman suggests moving away from gratitude for what we feel grateful for. And I think that it can be really challenging to have that as your guidepost for a gratitude practice because oftentimes we have embedded senses of resentment for certain things 
We feel grateful for perhaps our jobs because we need the money to be able to survive and to live. But at the same time, we resent having to work at all. We feel grateful for our relationship because we love to be loved and we love the feeling of love. But at the same time, maybe we feel resentful for little things that go unsaid. And so it can be really challenging to feel a sense of gratitude in complete, genuine sincerity when you aren't particularly aware of the underlying beliefs that you may have about the thing of which you're expressing gratitude for and it's also really easy for that gratitude to be conditional and that is really interesting to me because I notice that if I say I'm so grateful that the sun is out right now I love the sun I love when the sun shines while it's beautiful to express that gratitude for the sunny day outside In that is a conditional undertone of I prefer sunny weather than I prefer gloomy weather. And it almost makes the gloomier days obsolete of being able to express that gratitude. And it's not something conscious, right? Like when I say I am grateful that the sun is out, I'm not saying I am so upset when the sun isn't out, but there's that embedded undertone in it. And I was listening to Abraham Hicks actually talk about this, that to be in that vibrational state of receiving, receiving abundance, there has to be this unconditional element to it, that to tap into that genuine feeling of receiving, it has to be detached from everything you feel a sense of lack for. And so how do you do that? You find really what feels pure to you, what feels good to you. So instead of saying, I love when the sun shines, I'm so happy to be witnessing this beautiful sunset right now, which is all great. Like don't shy away from saying those things, but to express it in an unconditional sense of how beautiful it is that I have eyes to see, how beautiful it is that I am able to witness anything at all, how wonderful it is that I am able to sit atop this bridge right now and watch the sun go down, whether it is sunny or not sunny, because man has made all of these structures for me to be able to get up here and see this. How amazing. Things that can't necessarily be destructed by an element that doesn't exist anymore. And I think that this is also deeply tied to another reason why we find it hard to really express and feel a sense of true gratitude is because in general, people are more cognitively aware of their barriers, the challenges that they face in their life, than the benefits that they receive by paying more attention to those benefits, to the things that make you happy, and actually expressing it. Expressing it. I will get to this in a second. Voicing it out loud. Studies have shown that we can accentuate the feelings of happiness, optimism, and positive emotion that we feel in a moment and actually prolong it. And then over time, you are able to pay attention to what you do have. You are able to actually focus on that abundance, realize that it's all around you all the time, and strengthen your positive recall bias, which makes it easier to see good things even when the times are not so good. It's a scanning for the positive in everyday life that you cognitively train your brain towards by truly and deeply implementing a practice of gratitude. 
And so to go back to what I was talking about earlier on the duality of life, that two truths can exist at once. There are many multidimensional things that feel like paradoxes, but are both true. That, you know, life is beautiful and life is also very hard. Life is short, but it is also very long. It's, you know, all how you look at it and it's all what you look at, but it doesn't mean that what you don't look at isn't true. It just means that what you focus on is where your attention really builds towards. And I want to make a note of this. Huberman talks about this in his podcast and the podcast that I have linked below around Anne Lamott on the Good Life Project also talks about this, that you cannot lie to yourself. It only creates dissonance. And if you are not in a good place in your life, if you are not happy, you cannot simply look around and say, what is good? What can I be happy about? And shift yourself out of it. There is a disillusionment a lot of times, and I think that this is where the self-help community fails quite a bit, is this constant focus on positivity and this toxic positivity. Gratitude and implementing a gratitude practice is not for the sake of toxic positivity. It's not for the sake of being happy all the time. That is the lie that we've been told is that we're supposed to be happy all the time. We're supposed to feel good all the time and that if we don't, that there's something wrong with us. And then we have this endless social comparison with us and the outside world that looks at other people as they're happy or as they're pretending to be. And we feel a sense of lack and that lack grows and grows and grows. And that is the lens of which we start to see the world through. And then that multiplies. But being able to sit with yourself and say, you know what? I'm not okay right now. I'm not feeling good. I feel sad. I feel unmotivated. I feel hurt. Something in my body hurts. By admitting it and fully being there, sitting with it, you create the space for acceptance of the duality of everything, and you are able to turn the dark moments of your life not into light right away. It's not the point to transmute everything into light right away. It's not the point to feel the darkness for a second so that you can spark the fire of the next moment. It is the knowing that in the darkness, light will always come again. It is in the knowing that in the darkness is where you learn most things. It is the knowing that maybe you have yet to know what you are going to be grateful for about this moment, and maybe it really sucks, but you're allowed to admit that it really sucks. It is a downward spiral to start focusing on everything that sucks about it and start feeding your brain with the negativity of momentum. When we are acknowledging that something is painful or, or it, that it hurts, our brain is attached to stories. And that is why the Huberman method makes a lot of sense, actually, even though I haven't practiced it and been able to see the effects of it. It makes a lot of sense that by telling a story about something that evokes positive emotion, that we will feel that pro-social gratitude as an emotion and be able to more easily connect to it than if we're just listing something out. And it's the same thing where if we're telling ourselves stories about the sadness that we see around us or that we see in our world, then we're going to be able to more easily connect with that. And there is a difference between holding space for acknowledgement rather than sinking into the deep 
depths of negative momentum that can come from the stories that you tell yourself. What we're doing when we practice implementing gratitude and really trying to connect with it right now as I speak about it in a way that may seem conceptual and may seem abstract, but really is examining it as something that we can feel and that we are able to gear ourselves towards in a way that our brain can understand and in a way that our bodies understand so that we can actually feel it, so that we can take the intellectual analysis of it and turn it into implementable action in our lives that can positively impact our lives what we are doing is creating an increased sensitivity to that gratitude and that doesn't necessarily mean that you become constantly always grateful but it means that you become more attuned to the full range of gratitude whether that means a beautiful momentous life moment where someone went from nothing to everything or you went from nothing to everything or simply a gift that a friend got you because they thought about you. Something so simple to something so magnifyingly large, all it does is improve our ability to see the good things and train our mind to be more perceptive to those things because we are geared for survival and survival is typically geared for a lack mindset, a suffering mindset, a mindset of scarcity, a mindset of not enough, a zero-sum game. And that is why... It is hard and it can be hard for us when we have feelings of comparison come up, when we have feelings of, am I doing enough? Am I in the right place? When we cannot feel happy or grateful for someone else, not because we don't like them or we wish ill will of them, but because we turn that light onto ourselves and say, where are you in this? And so realizing that the gratitude that you can witness someone else receiving is evidence for the feeling of gratitude that connects us all and strings us all together and is the underlying basis of love. At the end of it all, that is what will move us into abundance. That will move us into our dreams. And it's so deeply, deeply counterintuitive because all of the spiritual understanding of it is that the more that you are grateful for the more that you attract more to be grateful for and when you focus on abundance you have more of it and when you focus on lack all you're going to be doing is seeing all the lack around you no matter what you observe and it's so hard in this day and age where everyone has a side hustle and everyone's trying to break out of the matrix and everyone's trying to survive and figure their shit out where we separate ourselves so much from other people so much from the world and it inhibits us it inhibits us so deeply and so strongly because when we do not move with a sense of connection and oneness and love then we are unable to move it is hard to see the next thing it is hard to know where to go and it is true that you can never really get anywhere alone And just because you don't have people in your life, maybe that you can lean on or depend on or have a support system, that doesn't mean you're alone. Knowing that you're not alone means being open enough to allowing people into your life, to allowing help to find you, to allowing yourself to receive gratitude, which will allow you to feel more inclined to express it. And that's sort of the last leg of things I want to talk about when it comes to the concept of gratitude is expressing it. There has been a lot of studies and research around 
thank you notes to other people and giving them and receiving them. And when we do that, when we actually spend the time in the state of gratitude, expressing what we are grateful for when it comes to the relationship we share with someone else, our brain is automatically redirected to pay attention to what we have, which produces an intrinsic motivation and a strong awareness of the present moment. And at the neurochemical level, it acts as a catalyst for the neurotransmitters that make us feel good, like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine. And the ones that manage our difficult emotions, like anxiety and the stress responses. And being able to express gratitude for someone or to someone is the most beautiful gift that you can give to genuinely and honestly say thank you. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for holding the door. Thank you for getting me water. When you got yourself water, really recognizing and realizing that People are doing things for you all the time and you often say thank you in a passing gesture, but what if you actually looked them in the eye and allowed them to receive your gratitude? Connecting with that sense of gratitude and knowing that when you give it, you feel it. When you notice it, you feel it. You don't just have to create lists of things that you're grateful for. It's not the only way and... This has really opened my mind a little bit because what it does is it really allows you to create the space to listen, to listen to the world around you and to listen to the people that you love and to find things to appreciate in order to express. And it makes you a giver. It makes you someone who is wanting and willing to feel that state of gratitude so much so that you know that you feel it in oneness and you feel it in connection and that feeling it will improve your relationships with other people and with the world around you and make you open to receiving it yourself and that it is not a zero-sum game and that just because someone else is happy does not mean that you cannot be. Just because someone else has received abundance does not mean that you cannot be. It is actually evidence for what you can be what you can have but wanting it desperately desperately wanting it it's not the way gratitude as i said before is the key to everything that you think that you want and that is what i wanted to express fully in the piece that i wrote on the fallacy of immaterial fulfillment that you think you want endless amounts of money you think that you want a big house or a big apartment or whatever it is that you think that you want when you get it your world is going to be the same your world is going to be slightly more filled with a material definition of success that you have identified but the feeling that you want the feeling of wholeness, the feeling of love, the feeling of ease and peace, it is not that far away from you right now in this moment. And when you have that, when you embody it, when you are able to feel worthy enough to receive it all the time, then everything else that is material falls into place, but it no longer really matters anymore. And I think about this because I have seen so many people who live what we may call ordinary lives, but they feel anything other than ordinary. They feel extraordinary. They feel full in love and full in wellness. And they are not wealthy, but they are rich. They are rich with experiences and they're rich with 
friendships and connection and at the end of your days you're not going to wish that you spent more time in the office and you're not going to wish that you spent more time doing the things that you thought would bring you material satisfaction you're going to be grateful for the times that you shared with the people who were alive when you were alive and the people who made your heart smile and I realize that more and more every single day as I cope with the grief of losing my grandmother and losing my childhood dog and the memories that I have and the love that I feel that does transcend time and space is that every moment that I shared with them that felt filled with any type of light is what I hold with me and that it is a constant reminder to be present in the moments of light with everyone in my life and to be open to it and it's an understanding of our worthiness to feel good our worthiness to be open to receive and so much of the time we think that we're worthy but we don't really feel it we're not really able to feel it and that is a whole other episode um all around you know the dissonance between what we think we know and what we actually feel and the intellectual understanding of a concept like worthiness and to truly feel worthy and why you know manifestations don't work half the time positive affirmations don't work half the time and it's because there is a lack of sincerity in them and that is intertwined with gratitude and what we're talking about today because when we have a lack of sincerity when we express gratitude or when we are unable to receive gratitude from other people because we don't feel we deserve it, then we block ourselves from truly receiving the abundance of connection that comes with it. And if you feel happy, if you feel gratitude, don't shy away from it. Remind yourself that you have worked hard. You've worked hard to achieve this and you deserve it. And whether it's a huge success or a small success, acknowledging your joy and being thankful for it in the moment and accepting that happiness makes us stronger and more grateful for what we have. It is not going to make you lose your edge if you are happy. It is not going to make you less intelligent if you are happy. There's this idea that being happy or positive is a decrease on our sense of intelligence and I think that's wrong because I used to feel that way. I think I used to feel that if I was happy, then I wasn't acknowledging the suffering of the world. I used to be pretty nihilistic in my view of the world before I came into my spiritual understanding and really knew that I could hold two truths at once and that by focusing only on the nihilistic view of the world, I was really unhappy and so it really I think it starts small and it starts by noticing first of all where you're saying thank you but you're not actually saying thank you you're not actually saying anything how you can express gratitude a bit more genuinely to other people in your life when you express it at all and how good it feels when you do I know that every time I give a birthday card to someone or I write someone a letter and it comes from the depths of a place of purity it feels so good to give it because there is an honesty associated with it there is a vulnerability of 
I see you, I love you, and I want you to know these great things I feel and think about you because you deserve to know them. That's that. It's as simple as that. And to hold that space in your life for other people in your life is a special thing that will return back to you tenfold. And noticing and acknowledging where you've been blessed with gifts by the universe on a daily basis and simply saying out loud, thank you universe, thank you God, thank you whoever you believe in who is blessing you, saying thank you to yourself when you engage in exercise or you listen to a podcast that makes you feel good or you do anything that is for the betterment of yourself and just sitting in it, sitting in that gratitude There are so many times where I'm sitting with a friend and we're just talking, we're just going back and forth, and I often come out of myself in a moment of laughter or levity, and I look at this engagement and interaction from outside of myself almost, where I notice that I'm in this moment now, and I'm 23 right now in this moment laughing with a friend, and maybe I feel the history that I've had with that friend, maybe I feel how far we've come, maybe I feel our story And I see this moment, I fully see it in acknowledgement and I feel gratitude for it. And in those moments, I always try my best to express it, express it to that other person by saying something like, I love you, even if it's out of pocket or out of place. It's never regretted to express gratitude or say to someone, you are so funny or you make me laugh so hard or this is the most fun I've had all day and to really just allow yourself to give gratitude and allow someone to receive it and feel the connection in that moment. It is so special and whenever I feel that energy, that true gratitude, I know I feel it because there is that feeling of abundance and then one good thing happens after another when you start noticing acknowledging feeling into the goodness of those things and knowing that you are deserving and worthy of them and that is another episode topic that I want to cover when it comes to worthiness and how we feel I'm currently in EMDR therapy which I've talked about quite a bit before but basically it is bilateral stimulation to reprocess traumatic events and reprocess limiting beliefs to uncover and resurface things that are held within your body and your energy that you want to transmute. It is probably the ultimate form of shadow work and I want to do an entire episode on it and I will when it feels right. I'm still not done with EMDR therapy. I've been in it for a few months now. It's been the most effective and powerful therapy I've ever had but it is definitely heavy Um, and a big thing with EMDR therapy is the intellectual knowing versus the feeling the tapping in, the tuning in, the actual emotional expression, which is really hard to do when you've trained yourself out of it. And I think we've all trained ourselves out of it. And I think that's why so much of us struggle to really tap into what we want and how we want to feel because there's part of us that doesn't feel worthy of it. And it is so hard to truly admit that. But I noticed something this morning, actually, because I had a really beautiful gratitude practice in the morning and I sat by my window and I had my little routine there that I've talked about before. I went for a run, which always makes me feel really good. And then I went to CVS to pick up a few things. And this is kind of an anecdote, but my friends and I always talk about how the people at the CVS that is next to our apartment are noticeably 
rude. Like the people who work there are just unhappy and it's just a terrible experience to go there. But this morning I was shopping and I requested help with something and the worker came over and she was so nice. And I remember just being like, wow, she was so nice. Like that was so nice. I'm so surprised at how nice she was. And I had a moment where I thought to myself, why am I so surprised that she was nice? Yes, this CVS has a narrative and a story around it that it's not a positive experience to go into, but why am I believing in this story that no one who works here is nice? I've never seen her before. Why am I believing the story that people are automatically going to be unkind or rude or not open? And I do think it's true that there are many people who are not very friendly and not very kind and not great but you know where your attention goes your energy flows and in that moment you know my attention was on gratitude I had just had a really beautiful morning and I noticed that you know the world returned to me someone who was also feeling some good feelings and was able to exchange them with me in a brief encounter and I saw the impact of true vibration that you know holding myself there allowed for that experience to happen and this is so anecdotal and this is so minimal but if I could see that happen then in the moments where I do have a sort of discontent energy that is carrying with me then it is likely I'm going to be seeing the unkind unfriendly people it is likely that I'm going to be not surprised when there are people who don't treat me very well but I think that that is the whole idea of it all is that wherever you are really increasing your sensitivity, that is where the scope of that sensitivity will build. And from that perspective, gratitude is a muscle. Gratitude is something that you work on every day because we are not trained for abundance and we are not trained for goodness and this world has conditioned us into competition and unkindness and expectations of lack and scarcity and it's about realizing that the only reframing you have to do is not about making differences in your material world that you think will make you happy but in reframing your ability for openness to receive gratitude and to witness gratitude and to tune in to the energy of it to realize that you are already abundant and you already have been you are already love and you always have been it is not about becoming anything it is about stripping back to the root of who you truly are and going there, going deeper. And so this episode really has been an analysis of gratitude as we see it in the world today, an unwrapping of the societal elements of gratitude that may keep us stuck and locked in an insincere form of gratitude, and a reconditioning of our minds. I have an episode all around law of attraction, and it was one of my earlier episodes and it's all about gratitude into luckiness and that if you can tap into the energy of gratitude and start to see the goodness all around you start to witness how lucky you are on a daily basis then you will train yourself into not only feeling like you are lucky but really attracting experiences that make you feel blessed and golden and lucky and I think that all of that is still very valid but where I am right now in my journey of figuring shit out really is 
okay, I have all of the intellectual concepts down. I have all of the knowledge and information that I think I could have at this point in my unfolding and unwinding. But I am noticing that there are still many, many limiting beliefs still coming up in my world, that there are still many things I have yet to feel. There are many things I know. I say that with a sense of dignity, but there are many things I have not truly felt and truly felt the fullness of experience of because I too am subject to that sense of urgency and that next momentous moment and checking things off a list and the culture that we have been conditioned into and I am actively working to condition myself out of it. And so that's where I am right now in my journey of figuring shit out. And that is why I feel called to really unravel these concepts in a way that can help us understand where our limiting beliefs lie in them, where our lack mentality is in them so that we can fully make the shift. But the shift will not happen with information or with words because words do not teach. Experience teaches and fully feeling teaches and I can't teach you how to do that and I'm still learning how to do that. And so instead of leaving you with things to think about or really meditate upon, I just want to leave you with a sense of increase around where you can experience gratitude in your life that doesn't feel hard and that doesn't feel insincere and that feels fully possible. Maybe it's complimenting someone with a full sincerity or maybe it's simply expressing that you enjoy sharing laughter with a friend who never hears that you enjoy sharing laughter with them and it may feel really weird at first and it may feel kind of uncomfortable and you may feel silly but the more open you are with your boldness and expression of love, the more love will come to you and the more that you will see it all around you and the more that you will realize it's not so scary to feel or to hold space for and that the lie we have all consumed in making ourselves seem mysterious, making ourselves seem enigmatic and just too cool for fully embodying something like love is keeping us from it. It's keeping us from love. It's keeping us from abundance. It's keeping us from light and it's keeping us from our true authentic selves. And so that's what I want to leave you with on this episode that to give thanks, all you have to do is a few loving things. And that could be for yourself, for the spirit of someone else towards someone else from a place of genuine sincerity and to move away from this idea of gratitude in our culture that has shoved it down our throats with the notion of toxic positivity and to realize that maybe the key isn't to write a gratitude list every single day and try to feel the gratitude for the things you should be grateful for, but to really just notice how easy it is to be happy for another person, to really just notice when you are feeling good and to have a brief moment with it, an acknowledgement of it, that it's not a step-by-step how-to guide and it's not going to solve all the problems of your life, but it will make the figuring shit out a lot more fun, a lot more loving, and a lot more easy. 
Because remember, if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, you don't have a life. You have an act. So go and live. But until then, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the journey of figuring shit out with me. If you liked this episode, please tell me your thoughts. If you are going to try the Huberman method, let me know and share it with me on socials linked down below. You can follow me on Instagram, my personal or the figuring shit out Instagram. And I also post similar short form TikToks all around these concepts that I talk about on figuring shit out. I love you guys so much and I am so grateful for this space. I am so grateful to be able to talk about gratitude. I am so grateful to get into this area of creative flow that feels so still and so silent and so grateful to be creating and be in creation and just to have the space to feel all of this. I will see you guys next week. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. Now, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you've just so lost, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.